Brands have changed with the times and you don't have to go so extreme, but just like include regular sized women on there is not a bad thing and different ethnicities and different ages. That's, I just don't see the problem with it. Yeah, I mean, it was on day one. You know, I was in a model's apartment when I lived in New York. I mean, I saw seven girls. I was the eighth girl have to starve around me. And it was a joke. Like, they're all teenagers. You know, I saw seven girls literally starving in front of my eyes and being crazy about food. I always want to come home. And I told my family I'd come home if Trump got in. (laughs) So they're they're all like, he's in and you're not back yet. Um, Yeah, I keep getting reminded of that fact. Hi, everyone. I'm Nikki Brigger, and welcome to our latest edition of our Finding Fearless with Murray Claire podcast. Welcome back. Our series is all about telling the stories of brave women who've overcome the odds to find their purpose in life. Now, this week's guest couldn't be a better example of how one woman can make a huge difference. Long before body positivity became a thing, Australian plus-size model Robin Lawley was a lone voice in fighting for a very inclusive fashion industry. She's been especially vocal about the annual Victoria's Secret Angel Show and the organiser's reluctance to cast any curvy models. But as you'll hear, diversity and inclusivity aren't her only passions. She's about to enter into an even bigger battle to save the planet. Watch out, world. We also have a very special guest host for this episode, Murray Clare, contributing editor, author, Channel 7 news reporter, Samantha Brett, and we couldn't be happier to welcome her to the team. So over to Sam and Robin. I want to take you back to your early days. There was a lot of rejection for you and especially in the modelling industry. I think normal <laughs> girls would have that rejection. What was it inside of you that made you think, I'm not going to accept this and I'm going to keep pushing through and not give up? <laughs> um, well, I have eyes and I love you know, sh- uh, shooting my girls, like photographing my girls and my friends and I could see that they looked beautiful and I was designing swimwear and I was like, you're crazy if you can't see that. And, you know, same with my family. I grew up with tall, strong women around me and they really helped motivate just acceptance for myself. Um, You know, and I feel like with those kind of women you can look up to, you yourself can, you know, have someone to look up to. So I wanted to be that for other girls because it's only yourself holding yourself back. You know, don't listen to all that you don't need it in your life. There's so much more bigger problems at hand that we need to worry about. Just hold, just waste time really. I love that message. And especially in today's um, world of social media where everyone really seems to comparing themselves. I know uh, (laughs) you and I probably didn't grow up in that world, but what was the actual moment for you when you thought, hang on a second, I can be valued. I can be a model too. Uh, I shouldn't be differentiated against. Um, what was that exact moment? Do you rem- Do you remember? Well, for me, it wasn't any exact moments. It was actually, you know, quite a lot of plus size modeling after. I mean, I hate that term, but that was the term that it was called back in the day I was doing it. So like just a bit curvier modeling. Um, it, after a while of doing that, actually, when I saw other women really just – accepting their body as they were and not trying to fight it or hide it or change it in any way. It was that actually that was motivational. And like I said, my auntie growing up, she was really tall because, you know, being really tall, you know, you're automatically, you know, the sore one out of any photo or any situation, you're always singled out. So I think being tall kind of made me have a harder back anyway. So when they were turning or saying no to me, I'm already used to it. So 
And it's um, interesting because a lot of girls are told that they're not tall enough to be a model. And yet you were, you were told never too enough. Tall. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, never enough. But we're just representing fashion. You know, that's at the end of the day. That's mm. all I keep saying to myself. We are literally just representing fashion in today's time. So we dictate what people wear, you know, and if if people are looking at us bodies as this ideal and a 15-year-old girl, it's like how can they aspire to be a 15-year-old girl when they've already been a 15-year-old girl? You know, I just feel like mm. it's a ridiculous ideal that's being perpetuated by who. And when you qu- start asking those questions, people are like, oh, wait, she has a point. Like Absolutely. So. And to be part of Australian Fashion Week, uh, how is that for you coming home and being part of it? Uh, always a huge honour, you know. I think people don't realise how much of a big deal it is. It's for some reason, the catwalks are like the last frontier of getting curvy girls on there. And, you know, I've been to so many fashion weeks in New York and Sydney and Milan and Paris and you're always just um, banging on these doors and it feels like no one wants to play along. And then finally we've seen some much growth in the last few years and um, – but for Matteo and, you know, I was honoured to walk with them. I thought their gown was amazing and it wasn't the traditional stuff that, you know, curvy girls get. It was just high fashion the way it should be. That's it. It seems like that you weren't being differentiated uh, and there was so much diversity this year. Do you feel like your message is finally getting through? Yeah, and I think, you know, the younger generations will demand the same as what I've demanded. I think... We've just we're we come from a generation of diversity and we want to see our friends represented and ourselves represented. And so I, I hope that we keep demanding it. And with social media and things like that, I think it's just changing the game so quickly that us older folks that don't want to change <laughs> are going to be left out anyway, um, though we want to include everyone. So I hope that everyone's open to, you know, working with everyone. <laughs> Let's go back to your childhood. I know you grew up uh, in Sydney. What was it like for you growing up? Well, I went to an all-girl high school, which was interesting, um, super multicultural, um, kind of in a free-spirited way. I mean, Western Sydney has its strengths and its drawbacks. Um, but, I mean, I, I enjoyed my childhood. My parents kept me camping. I was a scout. You know, I did lots of adventurous activities, lots of climbing. And I just, yeah, I think adventuring, staying outdoors kept me normal and sane. <laughs> and and uh, I read that your mum used to take you uh, tree planting every weekend. Yeah, every Sunday, yeah. <laughs> and I still do. I love her for it. Like that was a really great gift she gave me because I'm, you know, I'm standing right now in my forest and I think tree planting is essential for kids to learn and composting and mother nature and gardening. I know it sounds lame to kids, but I'm like, you need to know how to do this because we, you know, our older generations are fading away and they're the ones that hold all the uh, interesting facts about compost. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now yeah. your daughter, Ripley, uh, she's four years old now. And what's it like being a mum for you? Do you have any kids, Sam? I do. I have a two-year-old daughter. <laughs> I am tired. Are you tired? Welcome to motherhood, my friend. <laughs> um, no, it's it's good. No, she's I love her. She's a champion. She's she's four. She's her own person, and she looks like she's an eight-year-old. So she's definitely got my height and bone structure. Becoming a mum has that changed your outlook on modelling and on your career? Yeah, I've been, I mean, I've been directing a lot of commercials of late and making the music for it and stuff like that. Um, 
as much as I love modeling, you know, I love behind the scenes and that life. And so once having my daughter, I realized, you know, modeling, I feel like can be a, a forever career, but so can learning and learning directing and music production and producing. And so I've been enjoying that really and getting to film fashion videos and and sports illustrated documentaries and all kinds of stuff and and sports illustrated was something that was a huge milestone in your career now you're working with them behind the scenes yeah i filmed her in her own words documentary which is on amazon um we did it um for one of their year anniversary for the 50th anniversary so it was a huge honor and i got to be in, in the issue as well um wow but they're awesome because they celebrate. Like I asked them if I could come along and learn in Aruba with them and um, learn how to videography on the go and stuff like that from their own videographers. And, yeah, they let me. <laughs> how do you find the time for everything, Robin? You sound like a superwoman. <laughs> what is your secret? Uh, I have to ask. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, I fell down a staircase and, you know, see, <laughs> like I'm not a yeah. superwoman. I wish I was. Um no, I mean, I just do what I can with the time I have. I don't waste mm. it. Um, Seizing you know, every and, day. You know, with a mm. kid yourself, like you have to manage your time. It's the most important thing you can do. And like she'll stay up a little later because I'm talking with you guys, so I'm going to have to put it down <laughs> to sleep soon. Don't worry. But speaking yeah. about you falling down the stairs, and I think that's what so many women love about you. You're so real. Um you, you've posted those photos of yourself. You, you've posted photos of you struggling to cover up your scars with makeup as well. And I think, you know, women look at that and they think, I don't have to be perfect either. And you, you put a very real front on social media. Do you think that is important for someone like you who is a role model for so many women to show a more real side? Because we don't often see that on social media. Oh, thank you. I hope it does show a little bit of more authenticity authenticity because I know I can feel it too even sometimes and you know the real like when it, it's just perfection a sea of perfection you're like does everyone does anyone have pause anymore um so I think it's important just to show who you are as well like you know I love Celeste Barber and things like that like I love laughing so if I ever feel like I'm getting too hung up on something I just watch comedy <laughs> and that seems to lighten everything up I think you've spoken about this a lot, but, um, you know, social media can be so negative for young girls, but I guess when you're putting forward your message, it can be such a positive. Do you think that there is a place for social media to do good in the future? I think it's sticking around, even if you like it or not. So I think it's one of those things that's come a part of our culture. I think it does, you know, it's who you follow too. There is stuff that you can follow that does motivate you and does make you feel good about yourself. If you're not feeling great about yourself, maybe you don't have to unfollow, but you can just not look at it, like take an Insta break and stuff like that. Following the birth of your daughter, you were diagnosed with, um, I don't know how to pronounce it probably, but APS and lupus. How has this all changed your life? And it it seems like you haven't slowed down because of it. Of course, there have been moments where I've had to unfortunately slow down and, you know, I took some time off after my fall and incident and stuff. I mean, there I'm determined to cure it. It's incurable apparently, but I've had a doctor claiming she has cured it and I've started her methods. I've gone completely vegan. My whole family has with me. 
Um, we're going to try to see if high raw vegan with this doctor fixes it. Cause if it does cure lupus, I mean, that's, that's huge, huge. information that yes. is like, like life changing for a lot of women out there. So I'm not going to say anything lightly and I'm doing it myself. I want blood evidence. So, um, but I'm determined to cure it cause she said she did. And I, mm. I want to see if she's telling the truth. <laughs> all right, let's talk about Victoria's Secret. We all look at Victoria's Secret and we all think, wow, you know, I'd ne- never be able to look like that. But you actually t- took that one step further. You made a whole campaign out of it called We Are All Angels. Uh, t- tell us a bit about this campaign. Every year we kind of just see the same body types in Victoria's Secret and I just thought this year might be the year that they went down a bit more of a curvy route, just like just or even just a more average route, like just putting up some bodies that we could actually associate to and they sell my size, you know, they should show it on the runway and they have such a platform and think about the young audience that watch it. Mm. Cause you know, as you get older, you stop watching it. You don't really watch it as you get older, you know, but when you're young, that's the kind of stuff you do, you do watch. Um, and so I did it with third love, which is like another bra company that was kind of using advertising for, all kinds of different body types. And I thought, I talked talk to them and I said that, you know, Ed Res will say something because he always does say something negative about plus size models or yeah. trans models or anyone different. And of course he did. He said, no one wants to see that ever on a runway. And I mean, you just hear comments like that and you're like, mate, you don't even know what you're talking about and the influence and the power that you guys have to change the game and you're not getting with the times. Like, you're going to be shoveling your own, you know, company soon. And, you know, now they've stopped showing it like they are, you know, from now on they're going to have to do a different way to show it. I think there's a huge demand for it. And look what Savage Fancy is doing, Rihanna. Like, you know, I think brand and the sports illustrated, like brands have changed with the times and you don't have to go so extreme, but just like include regular size women on there is not a bad thing. Mm. And, different ethnicities and different ages. That's, I just don't see the problem with it. I think this can sort of relate to food as well, because I think a lot of, um, especially younger women, as you say, younger women watch these parades and they'll look at it and they'll think, well, maybe I should go on some sort of a diet and I should cut out carbs and this and that. Um, and, and a lot of younger women are taking it to the extremes and it's nothing new. Um, but as a model, is this something that you've seen in the industry? And is this something that you feel like you've tried to push to change attitudes about food? Yeah. I mean, it was on day one, you know, I was in a model's apartment when I lived in New York. I mean, I saw seven girls, I was the eighth girl have to starve around me. And it was a joke. Like they're all teenagers. You know, I saw seven girls literally starving in front of my eyes and being crazy about Mm. food, like, and would snap at me whenever I brought it up. They're like, you just wouldn't understand (laughs) saying to the one lone plus model allowed to eat. (laughs) Um, you know, it was, I mean, I felt bad for them. Like, I didn't understand it either. I'm like, just come to our side. I would just, you know, stop putting yourself through this crazy torture. Yeah. Um, but it was such, it still was deemed not cool enough to be, a, you know, a plus model. And then now over time it's changing. And I think, like I said before, it's going to be a completely different story mm. and new generations to come. 
Uh, just listening to you speak, you have done so many things. I can't believe you're working now behind the scenes. You're directing, you're a DJ, um, you're a model. But for you, Robin, you've had such an incredible career and I'm sure a lot of it has come as a surprise to you. But what do you feel has been your biggest achievement? Oh, thank you. Um, uh, <laughs> so many. <laughs> no, 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 I know. I'm not, I, you know, I look up to so many other women too. I mean, God, there's some, so much more I want to do with my own life and career. Um, I'm, you know, really, my manager has been a real power behind it all as well. She's been behind my back from since day one, which is hard to ask in this day and age for like 12 years or something. I was surprised, been, yeah, to find yeah. that she is still your manager. Your original manager. Yeah, she's been, you know, and she was a model herself, so she gets it. I think having someone for support that's older that I can look up to was a huge inspiration for me. Mm. And just, you know, for me personally, I think, you know, Ralph Lauren was such a huge honour and um, we share the same initials, so I was very excited. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, like, surreal for me. I never, I mean, if you told me that when I was 16, I'd be like, are you kidding me? Like, what are you talking about? Like, a designer of, like, Ralph Lauren's calibre would never use someone like me. So it was definitely a 180 experience. Also, did you ever think that you would become this incredible international spokeswoman for diversity on the catwalks, for healthy eating, for healthy body image, it, it it seems to the outsider that you've really made it your life mission, life's mission to share your positive message for women and to change the status quo. Did you ever think that this would be you? Well, I'm, you know, I'm hoping to keep changing and growing like everyone else. You know, I'm not perfect. Don't think I'm perfect at all. <laughs> um, but I, I really want to bring more notice to the environment. That's my real passion. I think the environment should be on everyone's minds and, you know, I really care about gardening and getting people out there back into the dirt and growing their own food. And as much as I love the fashion world, I think the eco world is just as important. Um, and so does that come from your mum? Does that come from, from your childhood? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Um, but I, I think, you know, I like to believe it comes from my own choices too. Mm. You know, I've been to farms where they've grown just, they're all vegan and they grow this amazing food and they all eat their own food. And it's just an incredible cycle that we've really detached ourselves from. We should know how food is grown. It's very important. So that's my life mission. Um, but fashion, you know, I always want it to be, you know, incorpor- like using diversity because that's just, that should be standard. Just listening to you speak, would you ever go into politics? Oh, God, I mean, this Trump era has been killing me, my friends. Um, no, I don't. I mean, I don't think I'm educated enough in politics. I think you have to be quite. Apparently, you don't need to be <laughs> in some well, parts yeah, of the world. Well, yeah, then I say that and then there's Trump. I know, this is the thing. Not for me, no. I would not want to be a politician. I so, can understand the torture of it. So what is next then for Robin Lawley? I hope for more behind the scenes and more in front. Like, I just want to keep going, doing what I'm doing. It's been an awesome fun run and um, it's just getting better. This is the part that I like, like directing is an incredible feeling. And you said that you are thinking of maybe coming back to Australia soon. Is that something on the cards for you? Uh, Potentially. I mean, work is obviously in New York still for me. So it's just one of those games. I mean, I always want to come home and I told my family I'd come home if Trump got in. So... (laughs) They're all like, he's in and you're not back yet. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. I keep getting reminded um, of that fact. Well, there's always 2020 to have another think. So if you could give advice to the women listening about how to find their fearless, you know, when you, when you were told you weren't good enough or tall enough, when you were told you couldn't direct, when you were told, you know, it's not going to happen for you, what was it that you could dig deep and what was the message that you were playing in your mind that said, hey, I can do this? Wow, that's a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> no, my my auntie and my grandma I used to look up to a lot. They were just so fearless about life and my grandma um, stuff. I mean, I think when you are feeling weak and stuff, like traveling is a really good way. I mean, I backpacked by myself, like – I think getting out there and meeting people is sometimes the most courageous thing you can do. So mm. if you're really in a stuck or in a rut or don't know what you want, go out and see the world and then come back. Yeah, I love that. Being okay to be on your own and finding yeah. your own voice. Well, Robin, thank you so much for chatting uh, to Finding Feelers today and we really hope to see you back in Australia very, very soon. Thanks for having me, guys. I love how Robin's so down to earth, yet has this unbelievable determination to take a stand on topics she's really passionate about. She's a true inspiration and we hope you thought so too. So thanks for listening today. Please rate and review because we'd love to get your feedback. And don't forget to subscribe to Finding Fearless with Marie Claire so you don't miss an episode. And we'll catch you next time.